Northwest Christian School Online provides online Christian education for any students ranging from kindergarten to 10th grade. The tuition is fully covered through the state of Arizona's ESA program and is affordable for families out of state. You can count on NCS Online for a rigorous, proven online program that establishes a robust biblical worldview for all students. For more information, go to ncsonline.org. That's ncsonline.org. The brothers, for you and I to live for the kingdom of God, it's going to require a, a perspective shift, a new way of thinking, a new mindset. What in the world would it mean to pray, Thy kingdom come? Seek first the kingdom of God. Know that your home is in heaven and live as if that's your goal. What we've done in the past simply can't be done anymore. That we lived our life in a certain manner because it was basically a Christian world, a Christian culture that we're living in. That time, those times are over. It's not enough to be a believer. It's not. You, it is not sufficient for you just to believe and that's it. You cannot be a believer. Being a believer leads to being a follower. Instead of all these things we're worried about that consume our thoughts and our minds, instead of using your mental energy on that, instead, seek his kingdom. What in the world would it mean to pray, thy kingdom come? Ladies and gentlemen, Kingdom Culture Conversations, and it's May the 9th, uh, sitting across today from Chris McGuire, who is the area director, Central Phoenix for, for Young Life. Chris, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Well, we're, we're thrilled to have you here, and we're excited <laughs> for for chapel today. You're going to be talking, is it both high school and middle school, or is it just high school today? I think just high school. <laughs> okay, I, that, yeah, as far as I've been told, I think just high school. <laughs> Hopefully, we don't just we'll, drop you into we'll the middle school. We'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> I'm game for whatever. That's right. So where are you going today? What you, what topic are you going to are you gonna hit with the students? Yeah, well, uh, I want to hit on the fact that co- following Jesus costs us everything. Wow. Uh, there's a cost in everything that we do in life. Uh, and the things that are most valuable have the highest cost. And so uh, so it makes sense that following Jesus, the most valuable thing that we could have is the thing that's most costly. Amen. It costs us everything that we have. Love it. Well, and I should probably back up and, and introduce you properly. You are with Young Life. I am with Young Life. Yeah. That is... and, and so when I first started at Northwest Christian 12 years ago, to be honest with you, I was a little unfamiliar with what Young Life was. <laughs> and, and probably because I was was serving in a, in a K-8 capacity uh, at the time. But since that time, not only have I come to better understand the ministry and the impact of Young Life, I'm incredibly impressed with the program and, and the people that, that run those programs, uh, so much so that for the last couple of years, we've actually, as a school, budgeted to, to include support for some of the Young Life staff, college-age Young Life staff That's that awesome. are here on our campus and making a huge difference in, in the lives of our students. And, you know, as, I, as I've learned about Young Life, the, the mission statement is simple, and yet sometimes in the simplicity that we were tempted to miss how profound it is. Young Life's mission statement says this, Young Life's mission is to introduce adolescents to Jesus Christ and to help them in their faith. Wow, that's, that's simple, and yet that's it. That's, simple, not easy. Oh, well said. Yeah, <laughs> well said. So, you know, backing up, for the uninitiated, what is Young Life? Yeah, it's a fantastic question. So Young Life, when it, uh, when it was the, kind of the birth of it, uh, in late 30s, a guy named Jim Rayburn showed up to do his internship in a church. 
so late 30s in a Bible belt, uh, meeting with the senior pastor going, okay, what's my job here? What am I, what am I going to do? Uh, and again, the senior pastor's like, well, I mean, here we're doing, we're doing fine. Again, Bible belt in the South. I mean, here it's, it's the late 30s. So <laughs> butts are in seats. People are tithing. Money's coming. You know, it, it, it's great. Uh, but he looks out the window. The senior pastor points out the window to the high school and says, well, we, we can't get them to show up. Mm. Um, and so for whatever reason, whether that's a good perception, a bad perception, high school kids didn't want to sit in the church. Uh, and so this idea is, is pretty simple. They say, well, if they won't come to us, then we'll go to them. Uh, and so Young Life goes, we don't, we don't need to go to some far exotic country to do a missions trip. We, we got a mission field in our own backyard. Wow. Uh, and so Young Life just says, hey, we're, we're going to have Christian adults that are going to go show up into kids' lives. Uh, and so not just come to our programmed events, which we got great events, great camps, great things to come to, but Young Life gr- grabs a bunch of volunteer leaders and says, we want you to go into their world every single week. So I ask for volunteer leaders 10 to, 10 to 12 hours a week, go be with kids outside of club, outside of campaign, or so outside of our scheduled events, show up to their, their soccer games, their football games, their choir concerts, their band concerts, go play video games with them online, grab coffee with them, grab a lunch, take them to see a movie, go grocery shop. I mean, just live life with them. I mean, uh, Thessalonians, Thessalonians, it says, uh, you've grown so dear to us that we do, not only do we want to share the gospel with you, but we want to share our very lives with you. Wow. Um, right? And so that's, that's young life. I mean, that's young life. It's happening every single week. It's a bunch of Christian adults that just keep showing up week after week after week into a kid's life um, to say, we, we want to earn the right to share the gospel with you. We want to get to a place where you look at us and you go, I, I don't know about this Jesus guy. But I know you, I love you, I know that you love me and care about me, and I look at your life, and there's something different. Mm. You're finding joy when I, I can't. I know your life, and I know you. there's moments you shouldn't have joy, but wh- where's that coming from that we've earned the right to go, yeah, here's where it is. It's Jesus and only Jesus. Well, I love your analogy of the mission field because you've you've essentially touched on the fact that the mission field is so many area high schools, public schools. Oh. And when you say show up, literally these Christian adults are showing up at these public schools. They have the doors are open and they come in, they run program. How, how does that happen? What do those relationships have to look like so that they're invited into these places that sometimes are considered anathema? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, invited to sometimes is a little bit, I mean, 2022. So sometimes that's a little bit of a tricky, a, a tricky thing. I mean, I think that the separation of church and state. So I think there are administrations that are a little guarded okay. um, on what that looks like. So some of the things, a lot of what Young Life does, and again, when it was born, it was the idea what Jim Rayburn first did, the first Young Life was right after school on the school campus. Uh, and Jim, and the first week that showed up, it was... I think there was like three kids that showed up. And, and Jim Rayburn quickly got this idea. He goes, okay, if you want the biggest group of goody-goodies to show up, show it, you know, do it right after school and call it the Bible Club. And you go, okay, great. That, that's not who our target is. We, we hope that if there's 50 kids in the room, that 35 of them go, I, I want nothing to do with Jesus. You know, okay, I want to earn the right in that, that kid's life to share that. Wow. Uh, and so, um, so, so there's this mix that a lot of what Young Life does isn't actually even on a campus. It's, it's in someone's living room. You know, it's this neutral territory for a kid to go, okay, I'm not going to the church, but it's at Tommy's house on Monday night. Oh, I'll, I'll 
I'll go to Tommy's house. I like Tommy's house. I like Tommy. I like Tommy's house. Uh, So there's a piece of that. But like but there are things that happen on campus and there are administrations who do love us. And part of that, again, is that we live in this mindset of of not this short term missions trip, but a long term missions trip. And so, again, we want to earn the right, not even just in a kid's life, but in in an administrator's life. Going okay, I want to show up year after year to a place where they go, Okay, that person keeps showing up. And they're trustworthy, and I know that they love our kids, and they love this community. And they're not here to manipulate. They're not here to do something, to do ill will or wrong, but to really care for people. And, and, and so we want to earn trust with administration. And so that's so Young Life in Central Phoenix has been going on since the late, some mid-50s. Uh, really? And so, yeah. So wow. if you stick around that long, uh, there's not very many people that sooner or later they go, okay, yeah, I've heard it. Even if they haven't gone Oh, my sister did, my cousin did, my mom did. I mean, my mom hosted it in her backyard. I mean, person after person, they go, okay, we, we trust who you are because other people come and go. You don't. You stay here. Now, you are far too young to have been doing it since the 50s, but you are, you are <laughs> fair. the area director uh, for the Central Phoenix Young Life I efforts. Am. And so what is what is your job? How did you become involved in Young Life? I mean, when were you first exposed yeah. to it? And then what does your job look like? What do you do as an area director? Fantastic. So uh, a, cu- a couple fold. Um, so the how did I get involved? So I, I grew up very much in a home where faith was not in the, the conversation Is that at right? the least, not even a little bit. Uh, I remember being little and hearing the church bells down the street and going, what's that? And that's about the only conversation we had of what church was. Wow. That's church. Great. And that was it. Um, you know, and then my, my parents got divorced and, and moved apart. And at some point in the midst of that, lived with my mom. She really actually got into new age a lot. So tarot card readings and crystals in the house. And that was very much a piece uh, of our family. Uh, and I got to a place where I started high school and I said I was atheist. Um, so freshman year of high school saying I'm atheist, really what, what I was with that was apathetic. And it was a lot easier to say I'm atheist than to say I just don't care. Uh, and so, uh, so I lived in that place. But uh, sophomore year of high school, the Lord put, I mean, full court press on me. Uh, so a friend in high school said, hey, come, come visit our youth group. Uh, winning team at our youth group gets to go to Magic Mountain for free. I'm in. Let's do this. Uh, so that piece started happening. But at the same time, so sophomore year of high school, uh, the uh, pretty senior girl said, hey, would you like to go to Young Life? Uh, she drives. She's pretty. I'm a sophomore. I'm a dork. Uh, so when now that all those things mixed together going, she goes, do you want me to pick you up and take you to Young Life? Yes, Absolutely. Hands down, I do. I'll be waiting outside my front door. No brainer. Uh, no brainer. Uh, and so it worked out well enough that uh, seven years later, I married her. Wow. Uh, and so I married her. So uh, Mrs. Shout McGuire. Out to, yep. Mrs. McGuire. Melissa she's teaching McGuire. here. That's right. So, uh, yeah, so we dated for seven years, been married for a little over 20, 22 years this year. Uh, but that's that's how I started going. She invited me to go, and, and I, I showed up. And week after week after week um, before the Lord really, like, I shut up long enough. Uh, to listen and hear. So was it through me. that process that you actually came to faith in Christ? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I went to Young wow. Life every Monday night for my sophomore year of high school. I was obnoxious, probably didn't listen to much of anything, but they got me to go to camp. So uh, I, sh- I showed up at camp uh, and uh, June 9th, 1993, that, that's the day. Uh, sitting out alone, um, they gave us 15 minutes to sit by ourselves. And I went, okay, I, I don't have unconditional love in my life. All I know is people coming and going in my life. And so if God's going to be there and God loves me unconditionally, I want in. I don't even know exactly what that looks like, but I want that. And so that, that was the moment I go, I'm all, I'm all in. Wow. 
so that that's how I came to Young Life, to be a part of Young Life. Uh, the the staff piece, going on to staff, that was a bit of a battle, actually. I, like I, I went to college, uh, started off college to be an actor. Uh, so that was my had an got an agent was in theater started on theater troupe that was my life I was that was that's what I was gonna do um, switched at some point in there to do theater education so my degree is in theater education to teach high school theater thought that's what I was gonna do my dream was to teach high school theater at Sunnyslope High School where I was a young life leader volunteer young life leader and just do that for the rest of my life and you kind of you kind of stepped in this year and and helped us with high school musical well, I did a little bit so got, your dusted set, off yeah. some of that that old, that that stuff <laughs> to help out a little bit. Uh, but I did. I fought it. And I just said, this isn't what I'm going to do. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to go become a teacher. And the Lord really had different different uh, vision for my life. And uh, pressed in a couple times where I just said, I'm, no, I'm, I'm just going to volunteer. Uh, and the Lord said, no, no, what? vocational, really vocational ministry. That's what you want. Um, and, and really got to the place where the Lord, I, I really felt like I really clearly heard the Lord say, you're afraid, aren't you? Mm. What do you mean? You're afraid I'm not going to take care of you. You're afraid I'm not going to provide. You're afraid this is the wrong choice. Yeah, I guess I am, Lord. I, I just want you to trust me. Just trust me. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I, I stepped onto staff a little over 20 years ago hmm. uh, as a staff associate, Became then became a, a, which is like an intern, did that for a couple of years. And was this in California? No, that was here. No, oh, really? right, actually right in central Phoenix. Okay. Uh, you know, I uh, was leading at Sunnyslope High School at that point as a volunteer, went on staff for a couple of years there, became an area director and did that in Ahwatukee, uh, did that for about three or four years. The, that area ran out of finances. Uh, and so I went off staff for about a year, worked at a church, uh, North Bible Church in Scottsdale. Cool. Did that for a year, loved the people, missed the job of Young Life and the way that I got to operate in doing that job. And so we, then we moved to California, became an area director there for about four years. Uh, and then Arizona Young Life called back and said, hey, would you consider moving back home? Not even just the state of Arizona, but to the area that I grew up in. So Central Phoenix is really kind of the place I've I've done Young Life the most in my life. So another no-brainer. It, it, well, I thought it was. I thought it was going to be a no-brainer. Oh, really? Like we we interviewed for the job and thought we were going to see fireworks just exploding everywhere going, this is, the, this is it. We're supposed to be back home and we're supposed to do this job. And we finished it and we went, yeah, okay, maybe. And, and we went back home. They said, hey, we'll call you this weekend. And so Saturday came, Sunday came, no call from the area. It's like, oh, I we kind of thought it'd be a no-brainer for them too, like coming back home and nothing, nothing, nothing. Melissa came into my office. Uh, we sat down and, and and we just started talking about it, and said, "Okay, let's pray." Okay, Lord, what, what do you want? And and we really we, we prayed and said, "Okay, we we've come to the if the, if they offer this this job, we're okay. If they don't, if they do, I think we're supposed to say yes to this." And so she walked out of the office, and kid you not, less than five minutes later, phone phone rings. It's them. We'd like to offer you the job. Going, okay, Lord's waiting. The Lord was waiting for us in the midst yeah. of this. Going, okay, are you? Are you? Did you pray even about this? Are you listening to me? Uh, do you trust me again? Do you trust me in this process? And so, Boy, that's instructive for students. I mean, it's yeah. instructive for all of us. Yeah. But I love the fact that students are hearing the story because yeah. I think that is powerful. So, yep. So, I, uh, we moved back to Central Phoenix about nine years ago uh, to continue to be an area director here. Uh, and so what that looks like, uh, part of that job is I'm, I'm a volunteer leader in my own area. So I spend the same 10 to 12 hours a week that I ask a leader to do. Mm-hmm. I do the same thing where I hang out with high school kids and go play Frisbee golf and go to their games, invite them into my house, into our lives. Uh, I invest in a group of high school kids' lives at Sunnyslope High School every single week. Um, outside of that, part of the bigger part of my job is over Central Phoenix. Uh, we have eight what we call clubs. Uh, where maybe a youth group at a church says, hey, w- 
come one, come all, whoever, whatever high school, and you might have seven or eight different high schools in your youth group, that we take a group of volunteer leaders, probably eight to ten volunteers, and we say, we want you to focus on a school, a school, and, that, and that's your group. And so I oversee, and that's a club, uh, and we, I oversee eight of those. So five high school, three middle school, uh, and about 60, 65 volunteer leaders wow. that every week are going and investing into kids' lives. And so I recruit, train, invest in those leaders' lives. Uh, so that they're, so that's, that's one hat. Being an area director is just many, many hats. Uh, so that's one hat is just to help them be success, successful uh, at investing in kids' life. Uh, and then the other side of that is one of the other pieces of that. So I've got the kid piece that I invest in, the leader piece. Uh, but then there's a community piece that I, I also have to take and, and try hmm. to create a community of people that care about what we're doing in young life, that we're, that we're investing in kids' lives. And so that's churches around us, that's administration, that's parents, that's teachers. It's just the community that's around Central Phoenix to go, what you're doing is really valuable, and how do I help them invest in and buy in and be a part of that vision? That's phenomenal. Um, so that, yeah, there's, there's a couple of pieces of that, and the day-to-day of that, it, that looks very different every single day. Yeah, um, but, I, can ima- I can imagine. Yeah. Now, you mentioned camp. Yeah, and, and I think camp is is a huge aspect of the young life experience. And though I've only ever seen two of these camps, I understand that there are twenty six amazing young life camps in eighteen American states, as well as British Columbia, Canada, the Dominican Republic, Scotland, Armenia, and France. And this stat is unbelievable to me. Young Life reports that one third of students that attend Young Life camps come to faith in Christ. That's your story would would be similar to that. 100%. Yeah. But one third of students that come to a Young Life camp. Um, so what is it about Young Life? First of all, have you been to any other camps? I mean, have you been to any? I've been to several. Yeah, I've been to a handful of them. I, don't, I definitely haven't been to 26 of them. Yeah. Uh, the last one's Lone Hollow is the brand new one in Texas. Okay. Uh, but no, I've, I've been to probably uh, seven or eight. Uh, you know, I've been in a couple in Canada. I've been to... Uh, California, the ones that are all in California, Arizona, Lost Canyon, uh, the ones in Colorado. So I've been to a handful of them. Yeah, the, yeah. And the, the two I've been to, obviously Young Life here in Arizona. In, yeah. or, I'm sorry, uh, Lost Canyon in, in, Williams. in Williams, Arizona. Yeah. And then I've been to one up in, in Colorado, both just absolutely yeah. gorgeous. But what is it about the camp experience that is that renders that kind of fruit? Mm. One third. I mean, why is it so dynamic? Yeah. Well, I mean, the fruit piece is a much d- deeper – I mean – Young Life Camp in general, I mean, it, it doesn't take much to one step on a property and go, oh, there are not many camps that are built uh, right. with this sense of excellence that Young Life Camps, camps right. are built. But even more than that as well, like they're built with excellence but with a uh, an adolescent in mind. Hmm. So everything that's built is going, okay, we, how do we help an adolescent have the, the, the guaranteed best week of their life? So from ground up. Ground up for the moment. That's you know, I mean, so and, and, cool. And – but even a bigger picture, and this is what I really love about Young Life, uh, is that we're not sending kids to camp, is that we're bringing kids to camp with us. And so camp is, is successful because of the groundwork that happens long before we get to mm. camp. It's those 10 to 12 hours a week that we're asking leaders to show up into kids' lives and to go. So when we ask a kid, hey, do you want to go to camp? Um, you know, and, and in 2022, that, that's, become a, a, that's become an interesting conversation because you'd say, you'd, you know, 15 years ago, you'd go, are you going to go to camp? I don't know. What are you going to do? Sit around at home all week and be bored? All right. You, you know what? You're right. I, I, I'm in. And, and, and now it's, culture's a, l- a little 
different, you know, and you go, okay, what are you going to sit around all week? Well, you know, I mean, I, I've got my phone and I've got a Netflix series that I haven't watched. And, you know, I go, like, kids are more content sitting still. Um, but again, where that pulls kids out of their room, out of their house, out of their seats is, is that investment from a leader. The relationship. Uh, the relationship, hands down. So they, they show up at camp and camp, the program for a week is is not designed to be speaker-centered. It's not designed to be program-centered. It's leader-centered. Uh, and so everything that happens in a week at camp is designed for a leader to experience that week with a kid. Mm. How do they develop relationship? How, how do they break down walls with kids? How do they earn the right to, to share the gospel with a kid? And so it, every night we do a club talk. But that club talk finishes um, very clearly with an intent to go, okay, now now here's a handful of questions that you're going to go back to your cabin and, and the cabins that have been designed actually to do this, like what they call cabin time. So if you actually go to Lost Canyon, you notice there's generally most cabins, there's a big giant middle circle that's open in the middle of the floor. And that, that's really intentional for every kid to sit on the floor on the same level, not in their bunks, not laying down, but sit on the same level. And for the next 45 minutes or so, we're going to toss around questions that talk about life and talk about Jesus and how do those things interact with each other and be honest with us. If you disagree, if you agree, if you hate it, you love it, let's be honest, let's be real. Uh, and so that's a piece of that. And then as the week progresses, um, that again, we we intentionally build in this leader-centered set where we go, hey, free time is free for kids, but not for leaders. Mm. Hey, free time, I want you hanging out with kids. You're going to go down the zip line with them. You're going to go play frisbee golf with them. You're going to go to the, you're, you're going to go play pool with them. I mean, you play basketball, go grab a Sunday with them. You're going to live that week with them. But the end of the end of the week, I ask all my leaders, and this happens everywhere in young life, you're going to do a one-on-one with every single kid in your cabin. And you're going to pull them aside and you're going to ask them how you feel about this week. So what, why is camp so successful? Again, it's, it's relationship. It's everything that we've been talking about before that happens here that just continues. And so when a kid, you know, gets asked at the end of the week, you go, do, do you want to follow Jesus? It's not some stranger that's asking them that wow. from up front. It's someone that they love and care about and know, care and love them that goes, do, do you want to follow Jesus? They go, yeah, again, I, I want what you have. And if that's what you have, yeah, I want in on that for life. So wow. I, I very much think that's that's why Young Life Camp is is ultimately really successful. Well, and and that's where, you know, as we as we look at the the question, you know, my my next and final question is I formulate it in my mind, I already know the answer based on what you've just said. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I as you look at young life, one of the things that amazes me is that Young Life strikes this this incredible balance. On the one hand, Young Life is held to its guns in terms of doctrine. So even though you're you're out there in the public sphere, even though you're out there in the culture, uh, working to make a difference, Young Life has not compromised its core beliefs. Those things are intact, and yet. Um, whereas so many other ministries, Christian schools, churches struggle with with finding the balance of making sure that people feel loved, even within that holding to our guns, we want to make sure that people feel loved and that they feel appreciated uh, and that they understand where those positions are coming from, that we're not being judgmental, that we're not, you know, uh, just coming over the top with with our values. Uh, young life, even without compromising values, creates this appetite for for more. And students that don't know Christ want to spend time with these leaders. What is the key 
that makes Young Life so relevant in culture today? That's a that's a loaded question, isn't it? That's a it can be it can be. Does it come um, back to those relationships, those one on one relationships? A hundred percent. Yeah, I, I mean, the truth and the, the reality is, I think human nature is. Um, we want to express why we're right and, and others are wrong. I think there's a piece of us that just we're just broken that way. Where you like, here's why I'm right. It is a temptation, 100. percent And I think so. If 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 we operated in a place where um, where behavior modification was our goal, we're going to fall short a lot of the time. Because in, in, if that's the case, then we're just going to just spout out what we think is right. Uh, and, and the reality is that kids. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, mm. right? And and so, again, this goes back to what I've said before. This it, we view this as a long term mission with kids, like young life, not young for the next few weeks, not young for the next few months. Young life, like we want to live life with kids, uh, and so um, so part of that is we, we we're not. Christ's love compels us to change things in our lives that probably aren't healthy and that we, sh- we shouldn't want to do. And, and, and some of that behavior modification comes because of our, uh, an outpouring of Christ's love in our lives. But it's after the um, fact, once they've come to realize how deeply loved they are. How deeply loved they are. And, and, they, and they can't, and I think a lot of times they don't recognize how deeply loved they are by Jesus um, a- a- until they feel safe with the people who are sharing that with them. Yeah. And that doesn't happen in a short-term picture that happens in a long-term picture. Uh, and so it, I think we, we stay relevant because it's never going to go out of style to, be, to love people, to be loved. We all long to be heard, to be known, to be seen. Um, and, and the more that we do that with people, they feel safe with us. So they can bring us really delicate, hard things in life and go, okay, I, I've never shared this with anyone. Here's this. Here's what I'm wrestling with. Here's what I'm struggling you. with. I trust you with it. What are you going to do with wow. that? And instead of knocking that out of their hands and going, you need to change that. That needs to be different. They would go, come here. Let me, let me hold you. Let me hug you. I'm listening. Let me walk with you in this. Know that you're loved not only by me, but the God of the universe made you, knows you, loves you, and longs to be in a relationship with you. And I'm going to walk with you in this. Um, and so... You know, I, I think that's how we we stay relevant because that that mission hasn't changed in the eighty years that we've existed. Yeah. It is that we those Christian adults just keep showing up day after day after day to love kids. So beautiful. I mean that. That's just that's well said. I just absolutely love it. Well, Chris, thank you. I this is a this is a great conversation. I need. I think I'm going to listen to this particular episode <laughs> a couple times. There's a lot that we talked about today that I needed to hear. That was that was well, really appreciate potent. the chance to share. Yeah, thank you. And I need to get you over to chapel. But thank you for for joining us. And folks, thank you for for listening in to another Kingdom Culture conversation. Northwest Christian School has made Biblical Worldview online courses available to all high school students for transcript credit, regardless of whether they attend public school, private school, charter school, or homeschool. Frameworks is an exciting new initiative utilizing the learning management system of Grand Canyon University. For more information, visit BibleClassesForPublicSchools.com.